Well, hey everybody, we are back with our, what is it, our third episode, right? That's right. Of, um, we are in a series called You, Me, and God, and so this is our chance to kind of go deeper into that series, and today we have a special guest. It's our friend, former co-worker, and Enneagram 8, Pete Ziff. What's up, Pete? Hey, it's uh, so great to be with you guys. Um, I, I... I really love that you are, as a church, looking at the Enneagram in a much more intentional way because I cannot even tell you how excited I am to learn more about myself, learn more about the people who are in my home that I love most and those people that I interact with as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I know when we, um, it's funny, I know you reached out to me, but actually even before this series started, I mean, you're one of the people on my list that I could just say, I know he's an eight. Um, and again, we're not going to go over everything about the Enneagram because we're going to kind of just keep doing it. We're going to go deeper just into this number and just kind of talk about the dynamics of that. But, um, but yeah, so I referenced you even in my message a couple of times yesterday, you were very gracious to, to put some answers out there, but uh, just talk to me, like if, if there was just, you know, one thought um, about, how you knew you were an eight. Well, first, actually, let's back up. When did you get introduced to the Enneagram? Like, when did you first hear about that? Yeah, 2016. Okay. Um, so, I mean... May have been before me then. Six, seven years, yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. Um, okay. And I was actually, at the time, I was entering chaplain training. Mm -hmm. It's called Clinical Pastoral Education. Mm -hmm. And... CPE is actually designed for folks that are providing spiritual care to patients in the hospital. It also uh, gives chaplains the opportunity, this training gives chaplains the opportunity to minister and talk with people who are in academic settings, but also in uh, prison systems and um, yeah, the, like healthcare, prison system, academic institutions, and for the last couple of years, but years I've been spending most of my time in hospice, mm -hmm. but I was first introduced when I was going through the clinical pastoral education at Bridgeport Hospital for those two years, um, and I was working with hospital patients who were there typically in, for a couple of days, yep, um, gotcha. sometimes longer, but... So did it, when you first heard about it and you just started learning about it, did it take you a while to warm up to it? Or were you, or were you just like right away like, oh my goodness? You know, I, so it's a great question. I was trying to think back when I was listening to the message, I was actually trying to think back what was my initial, initial sort of response internally when I learned about the Enneagram, like, you know, do I want to know more information about? Mm -hmm. And I think I, I, I have and have always had a curious mind. And I've always thought that knowing more and understanding more about me actually gives me certain levels of confidence mm -hmm. in places that I can kind of look at now and say, I enjoy that kind of information because it does help me understand certainly myself and how I operate in the world and how I see other people as well. But... Um, I think it actually stems back a little further when I heard, and, and I think it was the year that we went to Catalyst together in Atlanta. I want to say like 2000, 
six or seven? It was the year I got married, I think. So okay. 2008. Okay. All right. Wow. Unless so, it was before yeah, no, that. Unless you guys... No, got... it may have been that same one. Yeah, no, so yeah. I remember distinctly a talk that I think it was Marcus Buckingham. Okay. And I think he was the one that highlighted um, his entire message was really about <clears throat> uh, leaning into your strengths and how people have unique strengths. And that wasn't something that, um, you know, I, I didn't feel like that was a... Uh, revelation to me, but I thought like, man, I, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And if most people don't have the opportunity to lean into their strengths, like I wonder how I operate in, in current, you know, in, in the current role that I had then and kind of what I would like to do later. So I think that continued this sort of yearning to know more about me and mm-hmm. the way I see myself. And I think even, knowing more about my friends and my brothers and, and, um, you know, that dynamic for me. Yeah. Well, like I did say yesterday, I think one of the things about the Enneagram for me is that it, more than any other like strengths finder or personality test, it kind of exposes weaknesses, um, sin, kind of the sins we struggle with, um, maybe some of our misguided motivations and things like that. Uh, so leading into that question, then I yeah, talk to me about like when you realized you were in a, like, did it, was that a revelation or was that like, Oh no, that's, it was, that's me. It, it wasn't a revelation to <laughs> yeah. me. Not, like it, it was, it was very clear. Like, yep, 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 yep. And like you mentioned yesterday in the message, when you, when you suggested looking at assessments or reports, you get to the point where you say, when you read the material that is revealing about places where you struggle yeah, or where you're not as strong or where you have deficiencies, I used to think, oh no, I'm rejecting that information. All the good things about me, I'll embrace. I'm ignoring all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the more I, the more I learned about the assessment, but, but more importantly, the more I started to get honest with myself yeah, and the more I started to recognize how I have, uh, in, uh, the, the impact that I've had on relationships that have, uh, that, um, that, that I still have that are still very close and the relationships that have been really refining for me, they're, you know, relationships that have, that have, that we've had conflict and we've had to circle back and, um, you know, go for repentance and Mm -hmm. to express, I was wrong here. Mm -hmm. And I really own this. Like those are places when I started to think a little more deeply about the places where I have struggled before, I recognized very, very clearly that it's very accurate when it says that these are possible or even likely areas of weakness yeah i have a question pete yeah so i know in your message time you said that the the enneagram eight may be or may feel like the least understood or the most misunderstood number on the enneagram Mm -hmm. um what are some things you wish people knew about eights yeah that again maybe for you 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 think you're coming off one way and they take it a different way what would what would you say are some things that you wish people knew yeah (laughs) it's actually kind of funny when i when I heard you ask that, or when I when I heard you offer that yesterday, because my initial response was, "I, I don't care." 
<laughs> I, I mean, I'm just being brutally honest. Like, I will tell you what I think. Yeah. And and it's unlikely I'm wrong. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm just being vulnerable and I'm being honest here. At the same time, I recognize again, if I'm really honest, there are things about there are things that I am fearful of. Like, I don't want to come across arrogant. I don't want to come across crass most of the time. I don't want to, I don't want to, right? I don't want to come across like a jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, I really appreciate the way God has wired me to step into places and have conversations uh, in a way that are encouraging to other people, mm -hmm. albeit refining. I've had conversations with people very close to me in mm -hmm. my own home, mm -hmm. as well as, I mean, I think about conversations I have with my kids. Mm -hmm. I think about conversations that, um, that I've had with my brothers, mm -hmm. uh, conversations I've had with friends who I'm really concerned about. Mm -hmm. And I have no trouble at all saying, I, you know, what time are you getting home? We need to sit down. Mm -hmm. Because I care deeply about some particular area that needs to be addressed. And the deal is, now I can tell you, please, if there's something that, that you see in me that is that, that needs adjustment, hey, I'm, I'm open for questions. And I'm, I'm just saying, like my natural you know, knee-jerk reaction is, you can tell me what you think. <laughs> So you wish people were a little more direct with you, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely. Gotcha. And I'm not offended by direct. Yeah. I mean, obviously there are ways that you can speak to me or, or anyone else that, <laughs> that, you know, that's visceral or, or um, you know, inappropriate, right? But at the same time, be clear. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, we, <clears throat> we've known each other for a while now. Uh, we've had highs and lows together for sure. Um, and it seems like even maybe even particularly in the lows, uh, maybe some of the losses, maybe some of the pain of ministry, whatever that might be. I mean, typically we get on the phone with each other and I'm able, or, or in person, like yeah. honestly, a couple months ago you came, stopped by my office and I yep. we had a heart to heart there. Right. Like, um, and I think I've appreciated that because I, to me, it's unmistakable the love that you have for people. Yes, you're Pete. Yes, you're brash, bold. Let's go. What did I say about you? Yes, it, you're, like your mantra is like, bring it, bring it, right? <laughs> but I also said, and, and like Danny Graham would teach that when you're healthy, you do take on a lot of characteristics of a two. Yep. And I see that in you. You'll, you'll put the towel over your arm, roll up your sleeves. What do you need done? Right. I'm here to help you. And honestly, talk about that because that, that kind of plays into what you do as a chaplain. Yeah. Um, how has that affected? How is being that personality just naturally wired that way? How does that shape your kind of like your job? And it's particularly in such a hard role. And also I would say a, um, in a very interesting place with like families that you're walking mm -hmm. with, right? So Amy was the one who encouraged me strongly to pursue hospice chaplaincy 
three or four years ago. Amy's Pete's wife. And I drug my feet on that for a while because I thought it would be too expensive for me. I thought it would really take too much out of me. But honestly, today I can tell you that I'm not sure how I could do chaplaincy without having the kind of some of the characteristics that God has gifted me with and uh, and wired me with that I'm able to minister in a way that is effective without bringing home overwhelming suffering. Mm -hmm. I sleep very well at night. I I have the distinct privilege and opportunity to walk into rooms where someone is either alone or in a very dark and quiet place mm-hmm. if they are near someone else in the same room or if there's a family member there that often feel very overwhelmed by grief. Sometimes the interactions that I have, people are expecting the pending the pending death of the loved one. Sometimes the patients, their, um, their, their cognitive abilities are have declined in such a way that they're not able to verbally interact. Mm-hmm. But they are able to speak with me with their eyes, with their hand motions, and with their body language. And now... I can say that this is probably the most uniquely refreshing and encouraging ministry that I've been a part of in my career. Mm-hmm. Because I do have a deep sense of compassion and a, and a desire to minister to people, certainly because of my faith in Christ and my desire for people to be renewed and restored, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, I know that I don't have control over life and death. And I know that I don't have control over people's spiritual condition. So I walk in with a sense of humble confidence, knowing that I get to be a part of God's plan and his interaction and to be an ear and a mouthpiece for the Lord. Yeah, that's amazing. You said earlier before we started um, officially the podcast that you now would say that you do a lot more listening than speaking, do you think that's you in health, or do you think that's because of more understanding yourself, or just the process God's had you on? Yeah, great question. I mean, I've always been, um, I've always been extroverted. I've always been one to think out loud and need to process. Right. Um, uh, I need the feedback from other people, and at this place in my life, I know that I need. The peacemakers in my life. Mm-hmm. I know that I need the ones in my life. I need the ones who see the places uh, that need some refining, need uh, the places that help me be more relational or more intentional with how people are feeling. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, like, um, you know, thinking back to early days of chaplaincy, um, it, it was really about listening to the feelings of people. So <clears throat> I used to think that I needed to be the one to provide the information. Okay. Now, I would tell you, 
that I walk alongside people, mm-hmm. journeying with them in the place in which they are. Okay. Okay. That's a beautiful gift to people. So that's, that's great to hear that story too. I think it rounds out the idea of, of an eight because I think, again, you can have in your mind, oh, eights are just charging into things. Yep. and But again, it, yeah. you have um, this incredible gift. So, you know, the things that kind of come to mind when I think about the gift of the eight characteristics for me and the capacity that I've had in the last seven or eight years, that even though I am uncertain of the room that I'm walking into or the people that are going to be there with who knows what kind of background or stories, spiritual perspective, while I may be um, a little uncertain, I walk into those places with, again, a certain level of confidence knowing that I'm not the one in control and that I get to be a part of that story. Probably the most, I'll say the most fearful, yeah, the, the time that I was the most uncertain or felt the most inadequate is when I walked into a room <clears throat> of doctors, nurses, and staff who had spent the last six or seven hours trying to revive a cardiologist that was in charge of a huge part of the hospital in which I served. So the caretaker needed care. Mm. Correct. <laughs> but at the time, I believe he was the chief medical officer. Okay. So titles, education, right? So I learned as I was headed up to meet this group of people who had requested the chaplain on call <laughs> that they wanted a chaplain to come talk and minister to the people who were there. And the entire nursing team, the entire, uh, the entire uh, physician team that worked on this particular doctor, ultimately who did pass, were in total disbelief. Mm-hmm. All the education, all the relationships, yeah. all the right, all the degrees, and frankly, more money than I'd ever seen mm-hmm. in you know represented in that room. I thought. What in the world am I going to do? Mm. What in the world am I going to say? But walking in knowing that, one, that the Lord was in control of the, of, of the experience and the conversation, it was one of the most validating and encouraging experiences I've had in, mm-hmm. in that ministry. So it's really interesting because you've said it a few times now. Again, we've known each other for a decent amount of time. It sounds like to me, as you've grown, matured, gotten older, both physically but also spiritually, that maybe situations where you would go in and grab the bull by the horns, because again, that's the eight thing, the the control, Mm -hmm. I could do this, I'm capable. Mm -hmm. Sounds like um, your perspective has shifted a little bit. Not that that's away from your personality, because you're Mm -hmm. still a bold person, but but realizing Mm -hmm. there's more things at play here. There's bigger things that play here. The big picture God holds. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So talk to me about being an eight as a, as a husband. Mm. Well, in maybe a dad too, but start with the husband piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you know, does um, Amy uh, have to take drives to cool down every once in a while to get away from you? What's... You know, it's so interesting because Amy and I are both firstborn, so, you know, some of the Pathfinder kind of tendencies, right? Mm -hmm. but, <clears throat> but Amy's a five, so is naturally or, you know, the strong desires to be more introspective, yeah. um, Probably more slower to make decisions. More introverted. Mm -hmm. um, somewhat slower to make decisions, but okay. I'll tell you, it was Amy that said, hey, we're going to adopt a baby from the other side of the world. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Right? I yep. mean, yep. and honestly, my position was, I, 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 I don't see how in the world that can happen. Like, I, I mean, there were a lot of kind of competing variable sort of pressures on my head and heart in that regard, but I just didn't see how that could happen. And Amy also is the one that, um, you know, it, Amy's always ready to jump up and surf. So there have been certain points where, <clears throat> where she has said, hey, can you calm down a minute? Um, a number of times. But there's also, <laughs> But there's also been experiences that we've shared together that I'm like, wait a minute, Who, who's in charge? Uh, because, like, it, you know, if I or or if someone I know that's very close, I mean, if I don't know who's in charge or, or you know, kind of what this is supposed to look like, I'm not quite so sure about this. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we both, though, have, I mean, you know, been very, very good for one another in, in many ways. I mean... We're going to celebrate 25 this year. And Ooh, like, I just, congratulations. I, no, I mean, I, I cannot imagine, <clears throat> I cannot imagine life without Amy and the kids. Like yeah. I, I mean, I cannot imagine life without my sons. They have transformed our life. I cannot imagine life and, and all the experiences that we've shared with the girls. Um, I mean, Kenny's graduating from UConn without debt. Um, I mean, wow. Yeah. like huge responsibility, focus, dedication, commitment. And I mean, she has been a part of kind of the conversation with Amy and I throughout the, the entire process. I mean, so in answer to your question, how Amy addresses me and, and how our interactions um, have shaped, I think that we have complemented each other very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm curious, Pete, obviously about your parenting, but also for someone like myself who's pretty sure that one of my kids is an eight, yep. how, what are some, some tools or, or ideas for how to parent an eight well? Because That's a good question. I think, yes. I think this kid wants control. Mm -hmm. I think they uh, push back a lot. It's, and so I find myself struggling a little bit. I'd yeah. love to hear your perspective. Yeah. Um, so I... I really appreciate a lot of ways that my parents parented me. Sure. Um, I think, at least from my perspective, you know, again, generally speaking, I am not one to like find ways to break the law. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I am a, I'm a rule follower most of the time, right? I mean, I, what, what I'm trying to say, right? I, I, right, 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 right. If, I mean, I could see myself as a door kicker, you, you know, in, in, in another, you know, capacity, mm -hmm. 
uh, breaking down walls and doors to make things right in the world, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm talking about, I mean, I hate the speed limit. I'll be honest, right? <laughs> what I am talking about is in terms of parental perspectives and expectations, yes. right? That's what I'm speaking about. So I wanted to do the right thing, mm -hmm. you know, even as a kid, teenager, right? Um, but I always had other ideas in my head. Okay, okay. so this, but, but what about this? Because this could be a better idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say... Foster those in appropriate ways. Okay. So don't squash them. Don't shut them down. Find ways to help them express uh, their quest for adventure or for uh, innovation. Okay. Okay. Did we, for you with the control issue particularly, mm -hmm. did it help you to have like, here's a couple options, what would help you? Or did you... Did he know. need somebody to say, this yeah. is, Pete, this is what you need to do? Yep. Yeah. yeah that's yep. a, again, some, very yeah. intuitive question. Yep. Yeah, thank you. So in some respects, yes. Where there was some opportunity for flexibility, yeah, you can do this or you can do this. Yep. It's, you know, you can make the choice here. Mm -hmm. That was healthy, but also I will affirm <laughs> that, that there are, that, that there were a number of times that um, it was very helpful for me. Hey, like it or leave it, this is what we're doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so flip it then. Yeah. Now you as a parent with yeah. your kids as an eight. Yeah. This yeah. is yeah. what I wanted to hear too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Again, I know you enough to, to know yeah. that sometimes it's like, no, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Is that, am I right on that? Yeah, yeah, you are. And and I would say, especially early in in parenting, yeah. you know, yeah. this is yeah. me, right, years ago, and this is also my kids years yes. ago. Right? right. Yes. So <clears throat> um in other words, what you're saying, again, I think what you're saying is not only were we less healthy as people because we've hopefully have matured across the yes. years, but also the younger the child is, maybe the more maybe the less options they should have. Correct. As maybe they get older, yes. there's a little more freedom because, yep. again, we've been having those moments all throughout their life of teaching and yes. correcting. And, you know, yep. I don't know. I'm not putting words yeah. in your mouth, but no, is no, that no, what no. you're it's, saying? It is. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, obviously learning more about myself as my as as I grow and learning about more about my kids as my kids grow as well. Yeah, right. OK. So um, Kenny was. Your oldest, your oldest. Yeah, Kendallin, uh, you know, our oldest daughter, again, now graduating from UConn, she is the one that was a, a very easy baby. Okay. Um, you know, slept well. I mean, just, you know, very easy baby. Um, she started to get kind of her own ideas at, you know, 18 months to, right, <laughs> and started to, you know, push boundaries even then right yeah. um but i think we try to really kind of foster the things that she could do well and to support those passions yeah. um and today kenny's graduating with an incredible art degree mm -hmm. doing mm -hmm. artwork that is just i mean it's breathtaking mm -hmm. um, is her art on display somewhere right now so um it was at uconn um, for I think a couple of weeks, it's not it's not currently on display. Okay. But yeah. Let me know. Yeah, I Didn't see. We certainly will. Go no, back no, to... that's yeah. I can tell you tell more about that yeah. later. So, um, but Kenny being 
very bold. She does have some eight characteristics. She's got some one characteristics. Um, and, uh, and Kenny also is incredibly justice-minded, yep. um, very passionate about equality, very passionate about... Um, eights, eights are often socially justice-oriented, yeah. by the way. Yep. And yeah. I, again, I, that seems to line up for you as well. Yeah, and I mean, it, you know, Kenny has experienced, you know, things... <laughs> around the world that um, I think have fed into her God-given inclinations and passions. So I think yeah. that's really a, a neat thing too. Um, but in terms of parenting uh, children with varying different personalities, right? right? So um, I remember Kenny was much more strong-willed, Sasha being right very compliant and yes. incredibly emotional. Um, I am currently teaching Sasha how to drive. And my interactions with Sasha are interesting. I'm very thankful. I am very thankful that I know more about me and that I know more about Sasha today. Now, I mean, it goes without saying that, you know, strong personality and, and emotion, right, you know, are certainly going to have their, their days. But, um, what I, what I have been much more intentional with is being much, much more calculated in my words and how I say okay. what I do. So typically my, uh, you know, an example might be getting a little close to the curb. Um, <laughs> You know, um, when turn signal, you know, um, you know, um, the, 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 the encouragements that, um, that aren't, again, that aren't patronizing, but are, but are listening more, um, that are asking her more questions about what she is feeling. And honestly, like all my chaplaincy training has forced me to get to a place where I naturally wouldn't be inclined to be. Yeah. Yeah. But I think to your point, to really listen to the heart of your children is really important. Right. Because if you have a stranger and you and you say something that comes off brash or curt, you may never have to deal with that person again, right. but when it's your kid, you yep. want to make sure you're not on a daily basis, not yep. eroding the relationship somehow. So it sounds like you're you're very much in tune to yes. that, which is awesome. And I, you know, again, it goes with I want the very best for my children. You know, right. whether it's whether they're you know walking down the street or driving a car or you know in a relationship, whatever. So um, not I, I I'm much more careful to um, especially with our kids who are older that have more opportunity for responsibility, uh, work or school, these kinds of things, um, you know, being more independent, right. Uh, that they have more of those, uh, opportunities to, to be on their own. I, I want to encourage their independence and help them think, okay, if you're, you know, if you're headed this direction, help me understand why. You know, because it's, I can assume, right, that they're doing something or they're a part of something or they want to pursue a particular goal or objective right? that that's important to them. And, it, and it's sort of puzzling to me. 
but it's helpful for me to say, okay, that's not what I think might be best today, but <laughs> if I but if I listen to them and help them sort of think through, right. It helps them it helps them understand my perspective, but it right. also helps me understand them them more. Um I have a kid who's a 3. Okay. He is very driven by image and what people think. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he is he he is very he is very uh, he's very aware of people's perception, or I think he might even assume some people's perception. Mm-hmm. So while my natural inclination is who gives a rip what yeah, people yeah, think, cares? right? Yeah. I, I speak to him and interact him with him in a way acknowledging that he, those are some of his uh, some of his pulls and right. to help him see where appreciating other people's perspective can really be a healthy thing but can be a dangerous thing as well. Yeah. Sure. And that's hard. That's a yes, it can be a very tricky combination and I think you're touching on that too as you there are like be, all all the parenting combinations have different challenges to work on. Right. I think mine is probably setting, being a little firmer, setting more boundaries. Um, you know, so there's again, give and take plus and minus. I, I think recently what has been incredibly helpful for me in, in understanding and relating to my kids is even in times where they make decisions that are really unhealthy, that, um, where they make decisions impulsively that I'm like, how, what in the world, how, what in the world were you thinking? Mm-hmm. You, you know, when I think over the life of our kids, especially in the last few years, that has been incredibly helpful for me to be more gracious mm-hmm. and be more truthful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, couple more things before we wrap up because we could probably talk for hours. Uh, I have two things on my brain. Number one, um, I shouldn't use numbers when I... When I do this. There's too many numbers in the... All right. uh, you are a wing seven. I am. Um, which makes perfect sense to me. Uh, you know, again, I, I feel like we've had some crazy times. I don't know if you remember. One of the things I remember um, was Carrie's wedding, actually, and dancing at Carrie's oh, wedding. And we just kind of right. yep. let loose, man. Um, yep. Which, again, for me, I, I do like to have fun. Yeah. But when I get really in my negative space, I stay away from all the fun stuff, mm-hmm. right? I, I So when I'm healthy, I will have more fun. Mm-hmm. But, um, like... I see that in you, you know, you probably have no problem and maybe you have gone skydiving yeah. <laughs> and um, yep. I don't know, things like that, that are just like, ah, oh, challenge. Yep. That's me. So talk, just talk for a minute yeah. about that. Like what is, yeah. what are some of the crazy things you've done being an eight, which is like, psh, who cares? And a seven, which is like, who cares? Let's yeah. go. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I am concerned enough about my well-being <laughs> that, you know, I, 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 I mean, I was going to say I don't do foolish things, but at the same time, like I do things that people think are foolish all the time. And I, and like, it's not, 
you know, life or death. I'm pretty sure I shot my first potato gun with you as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not surprised. (laughs) Back in the church parking lot. Absolutely. Oh, yes. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think some of the construction workers, the new development back there were like, what? What? Uh, But, no, I, like, um, no, I, I... I absolutely love to have fun. I love to have a great time. Um, you know, it's it's sort of tempered by, again, my desire to, like, all right, I, like, I'll push boundaries, but, like, I don't want the police to show up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. At the same time, like, I have wanted to go skydiving forever. Mm. And I finally got to go right around my 40th birthday. So awesome. that was fantastic. Um, I will never go skydiving. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, when I went skydiving the first time, I'm like, I've got to do this again a lot. Like, I, I it was it was one of the most thrilling and amazing times yeah. I've ever had. Uh, I mean, I just, I, I've, I'm contagious because I want people to join me in the joy. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm... I, I don't have any problem encouraging people or forcing them out of their comfort zone no. because I think once you get it, what, listen, get in the water. It's fine. Like, you're going to have a great time, right? And at the same time, again, I think the last few years have helped me understand, look, you know, if you're okay in the deck, you know, reading a book, that's fine too. You yeah. know, I'm going to have a great time. Um, you know, and for those that want to join me, great. Um, when Amy and I, when Amy finished her Master of Science in Nursing in 17, I think, we took a vacation and um, was actually one of the first vacations we were able to have, like traveling just the two of us. So it was really, it was great. Um, but that vacation, Amy went to go get a massage. I went scuba diving. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was awesome. There you go. Like, I loved it. So I really, I love to... Um, I, I love to, you know, get people involved in things that I, that are fun and, and engaging and, um, you know, that, that engage their emotion and, and then engage their senses in positive ways. Yeah. I have to share this quick story. So Pete, another thing, uh, they've, they've both been youth leaders, Tom yes. and Pete. And when Pete was the youth leader, we did a trip to Belize missions yes. trip with the kids. And I'm going to tell you the eight with the seven wing. So the seven wing, we get to the airport and you got Dan and Zach and we're doing Frisbee in the airport. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you were like, yeah, this is cool. This is yep. great. And then there was the, the flight got canceled. Like there was the first one because like the, the, I don't know, the, some engine light was on. They had to get us off the plane and they sent us to a hotel two hours away, right. this whole thing. But I remember, cause I was one of the leaders and the, you were like, you will give us cab ride to the airport you like <laughs> demanded that they do that for us and i was like, like at oh, the they... window or at the counter we're, or whatever yeah, well, yeah, yeah yeah i think they were gonna make you charge for it or something oh, and yeah. you were, you were no. like no we're not and i was oh, like thank god so pete eight. is here because <laughs> i would have just been like okay we'll pay the yeah. whatever and, yeah. and i was like it was just a gift but i could see both those parts of, sure. of you really no, coming thanks. through yeah so I, one last thing, uh, one just final thing. Um, I, I agree with you. You know, it took us a while to come around to doing this series, but I, 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 getting the feedback from people here at Hope who have said, oh my goodness, like just two weeks in, you know, there's been a bunch of that. Somebody came up to me after the service yesterday and um, they said, uh we are not missing a week of this series. Mm. And she started crying and she says, I'm an eight. 
Mm. Right? And she she goes, I don't want to be an eight. Yeah. That's what she said to yeah. me. So what would you say to this person who's struggling with the fact like, That's I know this question. is me, but yeah. maybe it's the realization I maybe need to um, sand some things down, smooth some things out, or just figure out how that works in my real life. I guess just as we end, what would you say to a person who's like, I don't want to, <laughs> but I know that I am. And I think I felt like an open heart mm -hmm. to what God was going to yeah, do in totally. that. Um, I, th I think first recognizing and being honest enough with yourself, recognizing you mm -hmm. have those natural inclinations mm -hmm. is the first huge yeah. step. Like, yeah, it's good. And embracing them. Right. And I would say, I, as I think about sort of the idea of, um, as I, as I think about the idea of weaknesses or inadequacies or deficiencies, I, I would say that in years past, I would have been very resistant, almost refusing to say, yeah, these are places where you're going to struggle. These are weakness places. But I would tell you today that I am very thankful for those places in which I am not strong mm. because I am able to recognize that my confidence and my sense of strength and encouragement and, um, and, des and desire for justice needs the ones around me mm. to help me be, and frankly, to help the team be effective, to help my family be effective because my natural inclinations sort of, you know, unguarded or, or unleashed, right? I mean, I would probably be distant from my kids. I would probably create, you know, rip, more rifts in relationship. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, what's everybody doing? Why, you know, it's sort of almost being like, you know, it's all your fault, right? That That's not my inclination. My inclination is, how do we win here? I want to be a part of the, the winning team, and I know that I play a role in that, and I want to embrace the areas where I'm not strong. And I think I referenced in my interaction with you that, that you mentioned even on Sunday, like Paul's plea to God, please take this, the, the, this, this, these bad things from me. Ta yeah. Take away this suffering. Mm -hmm. And God says, <laughs> nope. Um, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is being perfect in weakness. Mm -hmm. And the deal is, if I was in control, if I had all the power and, and control, right, it'd be a bad thing. But I recognize that there are weak, weak areas about me that, frankly, I wasn't built to carry. Mm -hmm. So I think encouraging someone that may be thinking... I have been so brash that I have put distance between people that I care about or that, <clears throat> or that I want to care more about what other people think. Um, those are the things that I might think about when I would hear someone um, say, I don't want to be an eight. Matter of fact, someone I'm close to said, I, I'm an eight. I don't want to be an eight. I, and, and this person indicated... <clears throat> I know all these other people who are eights and I don't like them. Mm -hmm. 
And at the same time, I would say to another eight, you are gifted in ways that other people aren't. Mm -hmm. And other people are gifted in ways that you aren't that will really bolster and encourage you to be whole. Mm -hmm. So again, it comes back to vulnerability. Just making sure that people are in our life both ways that we could. Well, Pete, it's been awesome. I'm yeah. so glad Thanks that you've joined us today. We love you here at Hope Church. Um, and um, I guess that's it for this week. Next week, tune in because we're going to talk about the ones. So until then, Carrie, Pete, thank you guys. Thanks, guys. Yep.